Amen. Amen. How y'all doing? Amen. So glad that we get another chance to meet together as the body of Christ, and so we're thankful for that. Got a couple of announcements, and I'll jump right into our word for today. Um, The past couple of weeks, I've been using uh, an app called the Echo app, Echo Prayer app. Has anybody heard that? Use that? Okay, good. I'm informing you today. Um, This is an app that you can use that you can put in various prayer requests, and the app will remind you to pray for people at certain times as you set your calendar to pray for them. I just believe as a church, uh, one of the things that we need to do a better job of, myself included, is covering each other in prayer. And so if you've walked up to somebody and somebody shared with you a concern or you've been in a life group and someone shared a concern and you said these words, I will be praying for you. Anybody? Listen, if you don't have a plan to do that, the likelihood is you're not going to give it the attention in prayer that it needs. And so what this app does is it, it, it lets you um, uh, write down the prayer request. You can write down your details. You can add images. It reminds you to pray. And so part of my, 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 my routine as I'm praying or as I'm walking and praying, I'm having this app in my hand, and it's reminding me to pray over certain situations, to pray over uh, friends and family and marriages and discipleship things. It's a great added help in praying for one another. Amen? I, I, I just find that as I pray, I don't have a problem so much praying for myself. That that's somewhat comes naturally. Uh, my challenge is making sure that I'm laboring in prayer specifically over certain situations, uh, particularly in the body of Christ. And so I want to encourage you to download that app. You can get it for free, or uh, if you want to upgrade it some, you can get the 299 model like I have a month. Uh, and it has some added features that's beneficial. So I want to encourage you into that. Amen? Number two, our membership class starts next week. Let's give it up for membership. Amen. Let's give it up for the worship team this morning. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting accustomed to these acoustic sets. Uh, I don't know if I can see the words and hear myself in my beautiful voice sing louder. I don't know what it is. But... um. It's, it's powerful, so we bless God for that. Membership starts next week. We have condensed our membership classes from three to two, um, and it's going to be really, really condensed but really good, and then we're going to have a session where we're talking about your spiritual gifts. We're talking about your purpose and why you're here and how God can use that in and outside of the walls of GF, so I'm excited about that. Uh, if you have not become a member of our church and you've been attending here for a while, I want to encourage you to do that because membership has its privileges. Amen. We privilege our members here at Gospel Fellowship, just being completely honest with you. We give more attention to our members here at Gospel Fellowship, just being honest with you. Amen. Membership has its privileges. We love all. We pray for all. We encourage all. We preach to all. We invite all. As our elders sit down and we talk about care and we talk about different even positions at our church that you cannot hold if you're not a member here at Gospel Fellowship. So I want to encourage you to go through membership. We live in a commitment-less society. Uh, in the culture we live in, we don't like to commit to anything. I said, you know, download the 299 app, and some of y'all were like, well, how long I got to keep paying 299 right? If you're like me, you got a couple things you subscribe to that you need to unsubscribe to. You just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. Um, but I want to encourage you, if you're going to be a believer here at Gospel Fellowship, I want you to commit to us 
and in so doing, we'll share what we'll do as a result of your commitment to us as we commit to you. Amen? So we're continuing our series, um, Different. Somebody say different. different. Amen. Thank you. Look at that energy in the back, man. Praise God for you. Um, we started this three weeks ago, and the first series was called, I'm Called to Be Different. Understanding different is how God has wired me. I'm not called to be the same. I'm made uniquely in God's image, and because of that, I'm called to be different. Just, and, and that's whether you're a believer in here or not a believer, you're called to be different. This is the uniqueness of being made in the image of God. But not only that, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are different, different, right? You, you, you march to the beat of a different drum. You have different motivations because of your relationship with God. You read this book and follow what it says because you're different. You, you, you are different from, from this world. And that's not something we need to shun or hide. That's actually something we need to embrace. This is how he's wired us. So the first week we talked about we're, the fact that we're called to be different. Last week we talked about the fact that because we are called to be different, we need to live differently. Amen. There's this word called holiness in the Bible, and it's not a dirty word. We talked about that last week. If you missed it, check out our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Right? Um, we, we, we're called to be different, and because of that, we live differently, and he's called us to live distinct lives so that we can show off the glory of God, our Father. And now today we're going to talk about a different kind of community, a different kind of community. This book was written, 1 Peter was written in A.D. 65. He is writing to people that are exiles. They have been driven away from their homeland because of persecution. So they are all over, and Peter is writing to encourage people that are not home, far from home. He's, caught, he's writing to encourage them to keep the faith. Amen? So this week we're going to talk about how we live in a different culture through a different community. Let's jump into the Word of God. What time is it? Time. Praise God. Yeah, sounds good today. First Peter 1, verse 22, and we're going to go all the way through Second uh, Peter, uh, verse 10. Uh, let me just share this. This is, for those that are new, this is called expositional preaching. Um, this is us walking through the Bible and allowing the Bible to speak for itself. We treasure and value that here at Gospel Fellowship. Why? Because you don't need the random thoughts of Rodney. You need to hear God's unchanging, incorruptible word. Amen? So let's hear now the word of the Lord. 1 Peter verse 22 says this, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly, deeply from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and its glory like the flower of, gra of grass. The grass withers. And the flower fade, falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. 
and this is the word. It is the good news. That word good news means gospel that was preached to you. Chapter 2. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And like new, newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourself, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone and the stone of stumbling and the rock of offense. They stumble because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you received mercy. I want to talk to you about three things this morning. Number one, word-born love. Number two, community slayer. And numbers three, God's house, the church. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've called us here, not by happenstance, but on purpose. There's something you want to share with us out of your word. Lord, there's a tendency that when we don't hear immediately our felt needs being addressed in a sermon, we have a tendency to wonder, but Lord, I pray that your people would hear the engrafted word of God that is able to save their souls. And would they grow up in this word? Lord, help us to embrace who you've called us to be. Help us to love the way you've called us to love. And help us to show off your glory, we pray. Use me to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Point one, word born love. I married um, a woman whose father is Jamaican. And um, what that means is if you go in his backyard, you're going to see 7,427 trees. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I don't know where this I don't know how it started. But, but something about um, island people, and it, it, it may be an assumption, I don't know, but something about island people is is, is they, 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 they somehow take their, their homeland into their backyard. <laughs> Am I alone? Okay, okay, you know what I'm talking about. So, 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 so if you go to his house right now, you go through his house, into his backyard, it's his favorite place to go. You're going to see everything. Like, it's not one tree, it's everything. He is passionate about this. He loves planting trees. 
And so when my wife and I bought our home, he comes over, and he doesn't come over empty-handed. He comes over with, with, with seeds and trees to plant in my backyard. Didn't ask me, Rodney, do you want mango trees in your backyard? No, this is, it's going to happen. Just, just show me the spot where I can start digging. He, he's, he's passionate about what he does, and he's patient. He, he, he is incredibly patient. I, I, I don't know if it's a millennial thing, but I don't have that kind of patience to plant and then wait. We, we've been in our house going on five years. Next year will be five years we've been in the house. We have not seen one mango. But <laughs> there it is. There it is. You got it. But, but if he comes over the house, he'll say, hey, Rodney, how's the mango tree? He wants to know, how is what I planted five years ago maturing to the point where it's getting ready to bear fruit? He wants to know, is, can, can, can I yield a harvest off of my investment, because one thing my, my father-in-law knows, one thing Pop knows is he knows his seed. This morning, as we get to verse 23, here's what we see really, really clear right out the gate. It says this, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, not of mango seeds, love mangoes, but not of mango seeds, but of the imperishable seed of the Word of God, the living and abiding Word of God. Here's what he says right out the gate. If you're going to be a person that learns to purify yourself by obeying the truth, here's one thing you got to know. you got to know what the truth is, and the truth is this Word of God. One of the things that makes us a different kind of community is because we believe this Word of God. We don't count this as some ancient book. This isn't just something that goes on our coffee table to make us look spiritual. This is a living, breathing document that I go to time and time again to shape and inform my life. He wants you to know this is a word-born love. Now, I love this, and I haven't seen this before, and that's what I love about the Word of God, because you see stuff that you haven't seen before. Look what, what, what Peter says in this text. He says, you have been born again by the Word of God. Studying the Bible for a while, and if you ask me about being born again, I'm going to talk to you about what the Trinity does. I'm going to talk to you about God choosing you before the foundation of the earth. He chose me, and that's good news for you, beloved, that you're chosen by God. Not just that, but that Jesus has, has gone on the cross to pay the penalty of my sins. How am I born again? Looking at what Jesus has done on the cross. How am I born again? It's the Spirit that comes in and quickens and makes me alive. See, so, 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 so the Holy Spirit is active in my conversion. He's making me alive. But not just the Trinity at work. The Trinity uses the incorruptible, imperishable seeds of the Word of God that brings about new life in the believer. You were born by the Word of God. You were born again by the Word of God. And 
I've been just loving our CBR journals, and, I, and we're going to keep pushing this. As long as you're at GF, you're going to hear CBR journals. It's just going to keep on coming up. And a couple of weeks ago, we are reading in our CBR, and we are reading at Mark chapter 4, and we're talking about the parable of the sower. And it's powerful because this sower is going out, and he's sowing seed. And some, you, you know the story because you read it a couple of weeks ago. So he's, he's, he's throwing seeds, and some are falling by the wayside. If you don't have your CBR journals, grab one at the end of the service. Some, some are falling on stony ground. In other words, he's throwing these, these precious seeds, and some fall on grounds that are stony. And so it, it, the, the, the seeds go in, but because there's no roots, there's no depth, there's no substance to, to, to hold this seed, it quickly withers away. Some fall on thorny grounds, and they hear the word, and they receive the word with gladness, but because they're, they're, they're planted around thorns, the thorns choke out the word from growing, and they become unfruitful. And then lastly, some fall on what the Bible calls good ground. The disciples struggle with this, and they say, Lord, you need to explain this parable to me because I don't get it. Jesus goes on to say, these are not just grounds, these are hearts. And so when the word of God is preached, there are some who are wayside hearers. As soon as the word goes out, for some reason, the birds of distraction comes and pluck it away. Right now, this could be at work as I'm preaching God's word. Somebody's thinking about a football game. Somebody's worrying about an Instagram post. Somebody's thinking about what are we going to eat after we leave up out of here. Don't be wayside hearers. Some uh, right, right now are, 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 are hearing the word of God, but because there's so many rocks and stuff that interfere with God's word, it's not able to take root and it withers away. Some are here and your thorny ground here is you. The, the word is being casted, the word is being thrown, but by, Jesus says the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke out the word of God, making it unfruitful. But for those who have good ground, good soil, they hear the word of God, they accept it, and it starts bearing fruit. How do I know if this word is in my life and bringing about the change that it desires to? It's the fact that I'm bearing fruit. You see, seeds comes with a purpose. Here's two purposes of the Word of God. The number one purpose of the Word of God is to make us alive. The Word of God convicts us of sin. If, 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 you're, if you're here this morning, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. Maybe one of the things the Word of God is doing through something you heard or something that was said to you is convicting you of sin. If you would call yourself a believer in here, one of the things that the Word of God does for you, it's convicting you of sin. But the job of the Word of God is to bring you into the family, but once it brings you into the family, the job of the Word of God is to grow you up into the family so that we won't be babes, but we will grow on to maturity. So here's good news for you, and here's some immediate application. What the person at your job needs, what your neighbor needs, what your family member needs that does not know Jesus, would not call themselves a Christian, they need God's word. We live in an age that, that says hide the word of God from people that don't know him. 
Just hide it and just love. Praise God for love, and we need to do that. But they need God's word. Romans 10, 14 through 15 says it this way. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe on the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now, beloved, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching God's word. I'm preaching God's gospel. But I'm preaching God's word and preaching God's gospel so that you would preach God's word and you would preach God's gospel. How can they hear unless someone preaches to them? We need the word. And this word is an enduring word of God that does not die. It's unchanging. It does not change. Everything else will vacillate in your life. Folk will come and folk will go. There'll be good money days and there'll be bad money days. There'll be days you'll have all your energy and there'll be days you'll be depleted. There'll be days things are great in your relationships and days where you feel like all your relationships are falling apart. But the Word of God stands consistent. It is something that I can build on. So I build my life on the thing that's not changing. That mango tree, one day, I don't know when because they typically last really long. That mango tree that my father-in-law planted out of love for me in my backyard, one day will die. Peter says it this way, the flower fades, the grass withers, but God's word endures forever. We need God's word. And why do we need God's word? We need God's word to love folk. This is what our text says. It says, going on into this deep, sincere love, we need God's word to love folk. See, he does not ask us to love without reminding us of the power he's given us to love. So when loving is hard, he's giving me his word that encourages me to love other people. I want to give you a, a working definition of love here because love in our culture is just everywhere. Anything can be love. Let's, let's get a working definition. It says this, love is a fitting treasuring or valuing of another that is rooted in and flows out of who they are. Just stop there. When I see someone may be different from me, may have conflict with, when I recognize these are people made in the image of God, and I value who they are, then I'm loving them with the response that appropriates who they are. And I value them for who they are. We need to be a people Marked by love. Now, Rodney, what makes this challenging? Some folk are hard to love. If you don't, under, if you don't believe that, um, you could be the person that is hard to love. <laughs> you know this. I mean, there, there are people and. Sometimes, you know, God makes us different, and we need to embrace different, and different is beautiful. But sometimes there's just certain personality types that don't really jive with you, 
And sometimes you want to say in your mind, you know, God's called me to reach some people, but that's not the person he's called me to reach. So we segment, segment or segregate our love or who we love. I mean, could be family, could, 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 could be friends. People are hard to love. Sometimes the reason why people are hard to love is because they're serious offenses that they've done against us that makes it hard for us to love them. Some of us right now, you got a person in your mind, and, and, and the reason why loving that person is so hard is not because of their personality, not because of how they act. You, you really, really like them but they did something along the way in the course of a friendship or in the course of a relationship that makes it so hard to love them. And here, Peter says, love one another with a sincere love. Brother Pastor, that's cute, but how do I do that? How do I love people when it's hard to love? A couple of weeks back, both in Jean's brother was in court testifying at the trial of the police officer that shot his brother to death. And the case was missing I did, um, confusion on who this person was. Thought she was, you guys know the story. Her name is Amber Geiger. And this is a pic in the courtroom that have gone all over media, social media. Now, some of us have different thoughts about this case. We, some of us have different thoughts about this scene. This, this crime, make no mistake, hear me clearly, was an egregious, deplorable crime. It's a serious offense that took someone's life, divided a family, and this young man is on the trial, he's on the stand, he's testifying, and he asks the judge, can I go over and give the woman that murdered my brother a hug? And you see the scene behind me. Now, some of you may say, well, you know, that's, that's powerful because we, we just need to, to forgive, and I just wish, you know, she, she can just go on living her life. You know, it was an honest mistake. You know, let's just move forward. Some, on the other hand, would say, man, 10 years is a joke. She needs a lot more time in prison for taking the life of someone else. Wherever you land in your thought process, here's one thing you should look at that picture and say. Uh, that looks familiar. You should look at that picture and say, I can see myself in that picture. You see, this woman, and what sends shockwaves through the media, even as you hear news anchors try to, try to wrestle with this, they really don't know what to say. They, they see this and they say, yeah, and, and, and they're talking about what happened, but they don't really have response for that kind of movement towards forgiveness. Wherever you land on the spectrum, here's one thing you can agree on. That looks familiar. Truth is, that reminds me of me because when I was completely guilty in the courtroom of heaven, 
Jesus came where I was and embraced one that was guilty. And truth be told, you and I got way more than a hug. There's another picture of the judge who comes down off of her stand and she hands uh, this young lady a Bible and, and hugs her as well. The truth of the story is you should say, That's, that looks familiar. That reminds me of me. Because in the courtroom of heaven, God, because of Jesus, does not just sit to judge me. He comes where I am and embraces me. Truth is, you and I, we get way more than a hug. We get eternal life. The gospel, hear me, is a scandal. It makes no sense that this holy and righteous God would want anything to do with this guilty sinner. What you get in the gospel is what you and I don't deserve. You get eternal life. You get life with God. You get God's Spirit. You get new life. You get transformed heart. You get a renewed reality because of what Christ has done in your place. That's good news. And in the courtroom of heaven, there would not be a gavel that is pounded and said guilty. There will be a declaration that we are the children of God because of what Jesus has done. And that's our community. This is good. Hear me, that's all of us. Some of us are, might be even struggling a little bit. That's you too, with your sinful self, with your inconsistent self, with your bad attitude this morning. I saw you getting ready for church kicking and fussing. Come on, let's go, get this. Kids all mad at you. That's all of us. Listen, here's GF, a broken community. Deficient, needy, trifling. That's us. This, th this is us. Tired, leave me alone. I want to be by myself. Just leave me alone. So, what Peter immediately goes into after this is he says, listen, I need to talk about the stuff that messes up community. He goes right into the things that destroy community. He, he says, so put off stuff like malice. Malice is, uh, long story short, it's hating. It's hating. It's, it's, it's hatred against someone or hostility against someone because of their position over you. That's Malice. Or deceit, it's, it's lying, it's embellishing the truth. It's making yourself look better than you are to impress people. Or it's hypocrisy. This word hypocrisy means literally to play act, to put on a mask, to be different people in different settings. It's, it's not being your true self. And when, and, and when it comes to community, this is why we do life groups, and this is why we do prayer and confession, and this is why this is critical. There needs to be at least one place in your life where you can be you. Then it goes on to taking off envy. 
envious when we hold ill will towards someone because they have this advantage, which leads down into slander. And slander is speaking evil of someone to, to, to bring them harm or to, or, or, or to ruin their name or to wreck their character. And Peter is saying these are community slayers. These are things that break up churches, that break up marriages, that break up community. When, when, when we allow these sins to rest in our heart, they leak out until stuff is divided. And Peter would say, put that stuff off. The word put off is what is, is really translated like, like, like we would take clothing off and we will put clothing on. Peter says, take off this stuff that's killing community. To dwell in this different kind of community, it's going to take patience. It's going to be hard. It's going to be taxing. But we got to put off the stuff that's killing it. And you're going to get this in every kind of community. Some, <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I hear this. This is ridiculous. I don't know how many times I hear this. I don't know. I just want to fool with church people. Like other people okay. Like, I don't fool, I, 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 I'll fool with the frat because they real. Really? Like your, like your frat never had issues. Like bros and, 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 and sororities and sisters weren't beefing. That's any time you get humans together, you see this. You do a book club, you're going to see this. You do a sports club, you're going to see You do a rotary club. At any time when people gather, these things are going to come up. There is no mystical group where everybody is hunky-dory where no one slanders. We just don't do that in this group. Please. So what makes the church this different community? One, we admit it. I'm a mess. What other group you can go to and say that and they let you in? You know, I'm really struggling with my anger. I might get angry at you next week, but just letting you know. And they like, come on in, brother. Listen, we accept you. We love you. We're, we're going to be praying for that anger. Of you. Come on. What a different, unique community that accepts you as you are, yet challenges you not to leave you where you are. That's what makes the church different. What else makes the church different? We have a different identity. We are born of the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So we have the most powerful force in the universe inside of us bringing about the change he wants to see in our lives. We, we are different. We have a different identity. Not just that, we have different longing. Peter would say, long for the sincere milk of the word of God. We, we long for stuff differently. That's what makes us different. Not just that, we're called to grow up into salvation. Point three, final point. Peter transitions to start talking about God's house, the church. Now, I may lose some points on my man card for what I'm about to say. But I like Chip and Joanna Gaines. I didn't lose any? I'm okay? Cool. Okay, cool. I love, leave me alone, Ducey. I love Fix This House. I love Property Brothers. 
I love those shows where they take this really old, messed up house and they start flipping it to make it look beautiful and appealing. I love that. I love the process of it. I love when they're inspecting the house to see, is this house suitable to when I flip it, I can have a value and make money off of it. If you want to see them get really, really mad, let them buy the house, start working on the house, and then find out something's wrong with the house that they didn't see coming. Specifically, let them find out it's a bad foundation. They know, chances are, the, the goals have changed. They're not trying to make money, they're trying to break even. Because what's under the house is critically important. And what Peter starts talking about now is he transitioned from what kills a community. He's now transitioning into what is going to build this community up and how this community is going to grow. So as he's writing this, he's saying, how can I get to the lowest common denominator? I got to get down beneath the community to the foundation. In other words, what is this church standing on? What's under this church? What's under this different community? What's at its foundation? And where Peter gets right into is where we are putting the weight of our lives. Now, some of us, if I was to dig down into the foundation of your life, for some of us, your foundation is crumbling. You are building your life right now as I speak. You are building your life on stuff that's not going to hold up. You, 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 you are building your life with a hidden sin that no one knows about. And you are covering and you are, you, you're, you're, you're what he talked about in the earlier verse. You're, 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 you're a hypocrite. And listen, I've said this before, I say this a thousand times. We all are hypocritical about something. We all are hypocrites. But when, 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 when you're given an opportunity to come out of your hypocrisy, don't put on another mask to cover up the mask that you just had on. Some of us are building a foundation on our money in our pursuit of it. And praise God for money. Money's a great tool, but it's just that, a tool. It's not a foundation. And so when, if I build my life on this at the expense of building my life on the foundation that is, is, is Jesus Christ, eventually that too will crumble. Some of us are building our life on our good works. And we think because we come to church and we, we, we do a life group that we're that we're good. I, I'm, I, I give 10% of my money. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm checking all the boxes, and those checks are what's going to sustain me. And here's what Peter would say, no, no, no. Your goodness won't sustain you. Your money won't sustain you. Your sin patterns won't sustain you. Your self-righteousness won't sustain you. There is one foundation and one foundation only to sustain you, and that is Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. Peter would say, he is our cornerstone. In that time when you would build a building, you, you, you would build a building and you would anchor the weight of that building on the cornerstone. And I love what Peter says. He says the stone that people rejected. 
became the most important stone of the entire building. Jesus is our cornerstone. He is how I build my life. He is where my life rests on him. Because he can sustain me through the hardest of times. When life falls apart, if Jesus is your cornerstone and the winds of life come, your house may shake. But it won't fall. Because Jesus is our cornerstone. So we build our lives on Jesus because it's right to do. We build our lives on Jesus because he deserves it. He's worthy of it. Right now, some of my classmates from high school, um, and I won't say what year I graduated, but class of... (coughs) (coughs) This class, Mark, this class is on this cruise right now, I think over the Bahamas or something. They're all gathering, they're having a great time. They're taking pictures and they're sending it to us. I'm getting at Rodney Wilkinson and they're showing me the pics or whatever. And they're just having fun. They're eating well, they're, 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 they're partying well, they're having a good time. And one of the things I thought about as I looked at that picture is this. When you're on a cruise ship, they cater to you, don't they? I'm hungry. Look, you, you should never say I'm hungry on a cruise ship. You got too many options. You got beautiful, all these, act, you, you, you got to think about, there's so many activities, you, you, you get tired because you don't know what activity to pick. All these people are, are bending over backwards to help you and to cater to you. And what I thought about as I talk about, as I think about Jesus building his building, he's talking to people that are being persecuted. He's talking to people that are far, far away from home. He's talking to people that feel isolated and what they're grabbing onto to make it through life is their faith. And that's who he's talking to. And what I got to thinking about is God is not calling GF to be a cruise ship where we're just catered to. And we're just, you know, things are just nice and calm and beautiful. And we're just served all the time. He's calling GF to be a battleship. In a battleship, you don't don't buy a ticket to get on the ship. You're enlisted. Beloved, we've been enlisted into the family of God. On the battleship, you almost got to make up games to play for fun but the fun you get is in co-laboring and serving with your brothers and sisters as we work together to accomplish the mission that our boss has given us. On the battleship, we, we, we understand we are not at leisure. We are actually in a war, and the enemy is playing for keeps, and he's seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. And God has called us to be enlisted in the army of the Lord so that we can engage in war against the enemy, and we can win others to Jesus. When you're on a battleship, you know this is not celebration. Celebration is back home. Believer, I say to you, celebration is back home. So build your life on Christ. 
I love what the song says. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground, all of the ground is sinking sand. So we trust in the one who's holding us up. Amen? So don't give up on the church. Don't give up on the church. One of the beautiful things that we see in the text is that because we are the people of God and we're this different community, God is receiving worship from us wherever we are. Right now, GF is just one small expression of the body of Christ that is worshiping Jesus all over the world. Because we don't have to be relegated to one place in Jerusalem to worship Jesus. So the church is scattered. This multi-ethnic, multicultural church is expressing itself all over the known world, and rejection will happen, trouble will come. But here's what he wants us to remember. Remember, you're a chosen people. Remember, I chose you. Remember, you are a priesthood. I have called you to be close to me and to mediate for other people. In other words, I called you to intercede for other people in prayer. I've, I've made you a holy nation. I've made you a people unto myself. So we are his people. We are his priests, not Pastor Rodney alone. He's called you into this service. So serve. Serve sacrificially, serve with humility, and serve with joy because he's our coming king. Why has he done all of this? Last verse, that you may declare my praise of him who have called you out of darkness into his wonderful light.